Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. In our last episode, we were talking about the first chapter of Ecclesiastes and really got into some emotional reactions to the first eight verses of this great chapter because it really starts off, starts us off. This first chapter, the first eight verses, starts off hitting us right there between the eyes and saying, Vanity of vanities, everything is vain. Everything is of vanity. From appearances to through the pursuits of lust of the flesh to lust of the eyes, everything in life is vanity. What he's saying here is he was repeating himself, vanity of vanity, is everything is transitory or futile in nature. You can pursue a brand new car, but guess what? You drive it off the car lot and it's an old or used car. So he's saying that life is all filled with transitory purposes of pursuits of the flesh. It's futile. It all means nothing. It all will pass away. It's fleeting, and it has very little value to it. Then again, I said this. Then again, that's if you're pursuing the things of this world. As we get into the chapters, you can tie in, ah, when you go back to chapter 1, let's say if we're in, in Ecclesiastes 6, then you can go look at the beginning of his writings and then go, I now see why he said that in the beginning. Because everything we do in life is vain, unless, listen to me, I said this, unless you are truly committed to serving God, then everything you do, you bring glory to God, then it's not waste of time. It's not futile. Do everything, do everything unto the Lord. So Solomon was really saying that there is nothing new under the sun because everything that man does today is what man did 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000, 1,500 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Just read the New Testament. And look how people were full of vanity, like the Pharisees, or the people who were rich, like tax collectors. But look at how people, even with a mob or a riot, would just lie and accuse an innocent person just to get him stoned or hung on a cross. Man is still the same, filled of pride, filled of deception and lying, full of greed, nothing new under the sun. So when you learn that this is nothing new, then Solomon has this this quandary, this paradox of life. He goes, what do I do with all these realities that God is giving me this wisdom to understand? And I'm telling you, when you realize that everything's the same, that nothing's different, it gets depressing. It does get depressing. But as you read the word, thanks be to God who knows all the stress I'm going through. When the day of the Lord appears, all this stress, all this vanity will go away. The old is gone. Behold, all things are new. Amen? So I want you to really not read this book and get depressed. Read this book, this great book. has really a, a, a love story a true novel, 
uh, a true go-by, an instructional self-help book, read it and say, now I understand the travails, the trials of what it is to be a person of faith and a person of wisdom. Once you get to that point, you're going to appreciate the book of Ecclesiastes. So, Starting in verse 12, the grief of wisdom is my heading. It says, I, the preacher, was a king over Israel and Jerusalem. Now, you could tell this is Solomon. I mean, you can't think it's Adonijah. You can't think it's, uh, you know, Hezekiah. You can't think of all those great kings. If you just read 1 Kings and 2 Kings and look at the, the history of all the kings of Israel, you know this is Solomon, plus the writings and the, and the research that supported that. But he says, I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under heaven. Now, I stopped right there for a moment because I too am a person in always pursuit of knowledge. And I'm what they call a lifelong learner. And for those who understand me, they, they know what I'm talking about. So Solomon has all this wisdom and in order to to feed wisdom, the gift of wisdom. Listen to me. In order to feed wisdom, you got to constantly be in the word. You got to constantly read the word. You got to constantly ask God, reveal yourself to me. Show me what this means. And this is what Solomon was going through. He, he, he was saying, I have this gift to know a lot of things. I can look around and understand things. And I can read the literatures of man. I can read the literatures that came from the writings of Moses and the great prophets. I can read all that. And I understand it completely. And because I understand it completely, I'm, I'm thirsting. I'm thirsting more and more for, for more wisdom and for some more knowledge. So he says in verse 13, I set my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all that is done under the sun, under heaven. He says, this burdensome task God has given to the sons of man by which they may be exercised. So he says that everyone pursues knowledge of some form. We all pursue, why am I here? Correct? What's my purpose? What do I believe in? I gave a, a lesson back in the mid-90s. Because like Solomon, I'm pursuing knowledge. I'm pursuing wisdom. I'm seeking out the the answers of life because of wisdom that God has gifted me with. And I said, Lord, after finally meeting my biological father in, in the mid-90s and, 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 and being around family members on my mother's side, I finally said, wow, I now know who I am. I know what my purpose is. And I know truly what I believe. So when you go, who am I? What's my purpose? And then what do you believe? You'll find some answers. So I would ask you, sit down and write out, who am I? What do I believe? And what's my purpose? If you can answer those questions, as Solomon is pursuing these same thoughts through wisdom, God will reveal himself to you. So sit down again, ask yourself these three questions. Who am I? 
What do I believe? And what's my purpose? Link those three questions together, then you're just like Solomon in the pursuit of wisdom. He says in verse 14, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and indeed all is vanity and grasping for the wind. So can we ignore, deny the fact that Solomon traveled? No, we can't deny that. Can we say that he had no idea what he was doing? Nope, can't even say that. He built the temple. You know, it took him seven years to build the temple that David visioned to do. Seven years. But it took him twice as long to build his palace, which was bigger than his temple. So all in all, between the temple and his building his house, it was 20 years. Now, how does that compare to you? You can build your life going to school, getting your degrees, getting all these accomplishments done, take seven years to finish all your education. Now you go buy your house and now you get everything else established and now you're moving around with a business. It takes 15, 20, 30 years as well. And after Solomon completed all those major accomplishments, that's of God, by the way, that God gave him to do. He looks around and says, wow, everything's meaningless. Nothing new under the sun is what he's really saying. We're all chasing after the wind. Now, again, I told you, we're going to get into the next chapters and look at it. He's not saying that what God calls you is, is vanity. It's, it's a waste of time. No, but the worldly accomplishments that come with the package, if your eyes get on those things, as Solomon said, it happened to him. He acquired and he, he, his heart desired something. He went for it. He got it. It doesn't mean that God told him to have it. It doesn't mean God didn't say you can't have it. It just means God allowed him to pursue whatever his heart desires, like we all do. Nothing new under the sun. We pursue to go and get more schooling. We desire to get more money. We desire to have more kids. We desire to have more cars. You see where I'm going with this? You can't say God said do it, but God allows you to do it because he's giving you the desires of your heart. But you're again, because you're pursuing those kind of things, as Solomon says, it could be chasing after the wind. It's futile. Nothing new under the sun. No different than Solomon. See, this is the problem. People look at the book of Ecclesiastes and say, oh, that's only related to what Solomon had. <laughs> no, no, no. That's what we all do. Put it contemporary in today's world. We're doing the very things that Solomon struggled through. So don't, don't blame Solomon because he was so rich and famous and had all this wisdom that this is why this book is only for him. This is his diary. This is his journal. No, it's a journal to help you understand. So what he's saying in verses 12 on, he's saying that the, the futility, the futility of life, the quest for life, the quest for knowledge, the quest of education, all that stuff can bring a lot of depression in, and can bring a lot of frustration in your life. Even as a king... Solomon, who had all the wisdom, had all the success, was the most successful king ever. Even had peace uh, during his entire reign, no wars. Nations would visit him, kings, queens. People would pay tribute to him. 
He had it all. He had more horses, more gardens, more houses, more this, more that, more that. And guess what? He was gifted by God with wisdom. And yet, he made some big, big mistakes and he also died. So everything he says, nothing new under the sun. So the whole point in chapter 1 is that the quest for wisdom is usually thought of as a noble and fulfilling task or pursuit, but it can become, listen to me, a burdensome lifestyle, a burdensome task, because not everyone pursues wisdom. And when you ask God, give me wisdom, this is what Solomon was saying, it is a burdensome task to be given this gift to the sons of man, because then you realize everything you're doing is just a waste of time at times. It's futile, if you get my point. Solomon says this. I even say that. Listen, I'm being honest. You go to work. You work 10 years in a job, 20 years. You think it's a waste of time. You go, what have I amount to now? What is my accomplishment because of the 10 years I gave this company? 20 years I gave to Uncle Sam serving in my you know, military career. What, have that, what did that do? Did I change anything? Did I make a difference? And you look back and you say, nope, I didn't make a difference. I may have touched a couple of hands and shook some hands and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But did I really make a significant contribution to the world. This is what the whole point of the book of Ecclesiastes. You'll probably think back and go, well, I had this one job for three years. I wanted it because I wanted to, watch this, the word, this is, this is what Solomon says, we all say this, I want to make a difference in the world. <laughs> I want to make a difference. <laughs> wow, that's noble pursuit. That's what he says. That's a noble pursuit to say, I want to do this because I want to make a change and make the world great. But guess what? Nothing new under the sun. Do what God called you to do, then you made something great. Be obedient to what God called you to do, then you made something great. Because faith and obedience, the fear of the Lord is everything. Live by faith, obey God, fear his great name. Going to a job pursuing education so that you say to the world, hey, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So I, watch this, so I can make a difference in the world. Nothing new under the sun. And I will be on record saying I had the same pursuits and the same thoughts. Anyone who says they never thought that is lying to you. The whole truth of life, as Solomon just said, everything that we do is nothing new under the sun. The wind can go and blow towards the south and turns around and blows from the north. Rivers can flow and go into the sea, so it does. The sun can rise, the sun can set. The eye is never satisfied of what it sees. It sees something, it's not satisfied. It wants to do this, it pursues that. Nothing new under the sun. That's why Solomon said, what is crooked cannot be made straight, verse 15. And what is lacking cannot be numbered. See, so the quest of wisdom is usually hard for a person to accept or live by because it comes from God. So when you ask God for wisdom, 
This is what I've been praying through all the episodes prior to this. When you pray for wisdom, you're going to have, you are going to have this. You're going to have a stress that you have never had before because you're going to feel grief that no one else has this wisdom. You're going to feel sorrow because knowledge brings in depression because you know things that you know you can't change or you know things that you hope that people can benefit from to benefit their lives to help them. But you don't know why people won't do that. So wisdom does bring grief. This is why the proverb describing a problem that cannot be solved is always something that man is always pursuing to to look after. Or let's say this way. Let me just erase that. When a person, listen to me, wants to solve the world's problems, it does not have, that's a noble noble pursuit. That's why you go to school. I want to, I want to make a difference in the world. When you want to solve the world's problems, I said the world's problems, you don't have enough information. You don't have enough data to solve the world's problem. Because if the problem you identify in the world, like, uh, poverty, or now everybody's big thing, you know, going green because of global warming. If you want to say that's the world's problem, you don't have enough data or information to solve that problem. And if you have some information, it is only a small anecdotal amount of information, not the whole picture. So nothing new under the sun. So the problem of understanding human life, the problem of understanding massive worldwide crisis or crises, those things that are bigger than us and you think you're going to make a difference Nothing new under the sun. We don't have enough understanding in this life to solve the world's problems. And the world's problems cannot be solved, listen to me carefully, cannot be solved on human intellect. Only through God and the wisdom of God can the world's problems truly be solved. Amen? Verse 16. He says, I commune with my heart, saying, Look, I have attained greatness, and I have gained more wisdom than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Solomon. My heart has understood great wisdom and knowledge. And I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceive that this is also grasping for the wind. And this is closing on this chapter. This hit me hard. Verse 18. For in much wisdom is much grief. And he who increases in knowledge increases in sorrow. So I'm going to give a personal testimony as we close. As a young boy living in the projects, and then moving from the projects 
to what I call government housing because my stepdad's in the military. As an altar boy and all, I always ask God. I remember sitting down even with one of the priests. And I said, I like the story about Solomon asking for wisdom. So I started asking for wisdom as a very young kid, probably in fourth grade, fifth grade. Now here's where I'm going with this. But something in me, something in me kept saying, read the word, read the word, read encyclopedias, read dictionaries. It just was in me. <laughs> True story. My brothers can attest to this because we all kind of share in that same culture. Bear with me now. This is about me. <laughs> so then I went, wow. So then I go through life, through high school, and I get opportunities with uh, education. I, can, I had an offer for a football scholarship and an academic scholarship. Turned them down just to go and pursue broadcasting because I wanted to be an entertainer. <laughs> That's what happens. But even by turning down knowledge of academia, I got knowledge in broadcasting, TV, improv, all those things that relate to entertaining. That's what broadcasting school does. But here's where I'm going with this. I joined the military and uh, my thirst for knowledge increased even more. I went through all the advanced classes and certifications in the military as an enlisted, and then all of a sudden start working on my academic degrees, and I have two associate's degrees, a bachelor's degree, a, ma a master's degree, I'm commissioned, and I'm still hungry for more knowledge because I'm still asking God for wisdom. Listen, I'm asking God for wisdom, so I ask God for more knowledge. I go back to school, get another master's degree and two more doctorates, and then I get another master's So the bottom line is I got three master's and three doctorates, and guess what? I am not looking at any of that as an accomplishment that made a difference in the world. It did not make any difference in the world. I have more, as Solomon says, I have probably more education than the average person. So what? So what that I have all that? It don't mean nothing. I die, it's gone. God blesses me with the wisdom and the knowledge to, like Solomon, to have businesses or a, another career and, and to do all these great things. But when I die, guess what? They don't go with me. Those riches that have accumulated over that life style of pursuit of wisdom and knowledge, they don't go with me. So when he says in verse 18, with much wisdom is grief and with an increase in knowledge is sorrow. Trust me, I do get depressed at times. I'm being vulnerable here because I'm like, why don't these people get it? <laughs> this is easy stuff. That's what Solomon said. Why don't you get this? This is easy. It's not easy to those, listen, to those who are not hungry to get wisdom. Ah, so to seek God and ask for wisdom, God's going to give you knowledge. He'll have you get educated. He'll have you learn a trade. He'll have you go through all this knowledge base that's out there in the world just to add. You'll study why flowers do this. You'll study why, you know, ships sail. You'll study why this and this. And you want to know because that's what wisdom gives you. It gives you a thirst for knowledge. And that's why when people have a conversation with me, they could be an expert on whatever subject. And all of a sudden, God through wisdom gives me through all that accumulation of data, all that accumulation of knowledge, I can have a conversation with them. And just the way God has taught me how to communicate, people think I'm the expert as well in the field that they're talking about. I'm not. 
But that's what wisdom does. Wisdom gives you a hunger for knowledge. But even with that, you have to learn this. With much wisdom comes grief. A lot of grief. And with an increase in knowledge, you're going to be sorrow. You're going to have sorrow because you're going to go, this stuff that you're learning, the things you pursued, the things you experienced in life, you think, wow, this is simple. It's common sense to you. But with Solomon, it wasn't to those he was dealing with. He's thinking, well, this makes sense. It's really this problem. And everybody goes, oh, wow, I never heard anything like that. Oh, wow. He's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know, you got to be kidding me. So people would have an audience with him to hear his, his wisdom or to see how much he knows. I mean, Solomon had more than PhDs. He, he knew everything because he pursued wisdom. He not only got the gift of wisdom, he kept pursuing God for wisdom because he could feel it. It's like being filled with the Holy Spirit. I could tell you when I'm under the anointing to preach God's word or when I'm out there talking to people, I could feel the anointing of God and wisdom rise up and say, say the following. And then God brings examples or illustrations or, uh, you know, uh, you can call it whatever you want to say. It could be metaphorical or historical. It can bring you anything to make the story come to life for them to understand. I'm like blown away by it as, as well because then I go, that was that me speaking? No, that was God through the Holy Spirit, because that was wisdom. And when you have people call you up, educated people, and say, hey, brother, I just want to talk to you. I need your wisdom on this. Now, I'm not promoting and selling who I am as a person of wisdom, but when somebody by the Holy Ghost can tell you this man has wisdom, God's going to bring you to that person. Or because you got the gift of wisdom, God's going to bring people in your life like Solomon had, and you can share what God says to the situation that they're going through. But just remember, with much wisdom, you're going to have some grief because your heart's going to break that the things that they're going through, if they would have just asked God, they would have got through it. Then your heart's going to feel sorrowful. You're going to be pain. You're going to have pain because with the knowledge that you have, because with wisdom comes much grief, but with wisdom comes more knowledge and more knowledge is grief you're going to sit back and go why are these people so foolish why because they haven't sought the lord that is why you have this wisdom which is grief and a lot of knowledge which brings sorrow but praise be to god i wouldn't have it any other way so yes I do appreciate when someone says to me, I have this problem. I do it through when I do counseling or when I'm helping um, doctoral students through their studies. They ask me as their mentor, hey, Dr. Driver, how do I do this? Uh, you're an expert in your, your specialty and this is why you're doing your dissertation. And I would just say, how about bop, bop, bop? Whatever the question and the answer response would be. And they go, oh, never thought of that. That is it. That's it. And I'm like, wow, that's wisdom. That added knowledge to help somebody pursue their dreams as well. So praise God what Solomon is teaching us. That to be balanced in life is to know 
that your time is allotted by God and that all you can do is take the gifts that he has given you, even with wisdom and knowledge, and share that as God has opened those doors for you to share it. Whom? To share it with. So you can share your knowledge and wisdom to the world and make a difference. But just remember like Solomon, nothing new under the sun. But live by faith and stay obedient to God. That is what I leave you based on chapter 1, verse 18 of Ecclesiastes. Thanks for listening to Sharing the Word. Join me again as we discuss Bible topics that will help you live a victorious life through Jesus Christ.